I've been tracing the number of deaths uh, uh, and uh, writing their names down, the date and their age and where they, where they died. Until yesterday, it was 85 or 86 of them. But that's not including from remote area villages and that. But yesterday alone, in in Yangon region alone, there were 85 deaths already. That is within Rangoon, proper Rangoon, Metro Rangoon, okay? So the situation is really bad. It's like massacres happening in Rangoon alone. And of course, they are doing it in the countryside as well. Yesterday, I was watching a video in horror. The troops, uh, three truckloads of troops, they were in policemen uniform. That is in northern Burma, a town called Yeu. They went to a village, and of course, the villagers, they could not stand it. So they came out in thousands and surrounded them. And there were like about 10 or 12 on the road, but there were two truckloads of soldiers or policemen sitting in the car, and the villagers would not, uh, uh, you know, let them go past to the village. So in the end, after much negotiation, they were allowed to go turn back home. And I thought they would shoot, they would shoot, and there would be hundreds of people dying. But of course, they felt that they could not because they would be overwhelmed by the villagers. So that sort of things happening all over Burma. And in Nyan alone, on 11th, that was last Thursday, they shot and killed six people point black. And of course, a lot of people were injured. And even in Yangon, where the people were taken to hospital by their friends and, you know, colleagues and all, they would block the hospital and they raided the hospital to drag them out. So the situation, it's senseless killing, I would say it. And yesterday there was a video when they shot at a boy on the road and they were like 10 meters away when they got near the boy. And I could not see the blood at that time from the head, but they, they were like target practicing and shooting at the head again and again and again until it's all exploded and there was nothing left. It was so horrible. So, you know, the situation is really bad. Yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely horrible uh, stuff that we're seeing out of there. Now, despite, I guess, this horrendous brutality and repression, the, the people of Burma are ongoing in their in their protests and in in their attempts to resist the military coup uh, we heard for the first time uh, since the coup from Manwin Kantan who was named uh, the acting vice president by Myanmar's ousted politicians yes. he's also a member of the country's leading uh, civilian political party he addressed the the um, the public for the first time since the coup and has urged people to continue in their resistance in in terms of that uh, you know I guess that domestic um, I guess resistance and, and solidarity among people. Do you see? Do you see people backing down, or you know, as uh, you know, the words of Manwin Kantan, you know, the people will will continue. They'll never give up uh, to this unjust military. Do you, do you feel like people? The you know, the, the momentum is still growing despite the repression. 
the momentum is still growing. And it's uh, after they kill, you know, there would be more people coming up because the hatred, you know, of the, what military has done is uh, too much to bear. And people realize that this is the last time that they could have this sort of um, demonstrations and then the strike against the military. Because if they lose now, they would see that they, they could see that there's no way they could have a glimpse of democracy back in the country. So even the parents of those young people who are going, they are encouraging the children because they have, like myself, you know, at our age, we had lived through what they had been doing, maybe uh, in the cities, a bit subtle, but uh, the discrimination the bullying, the harassment, the imprisonment of any idea. Even at a tea shop, people would talk and discussions would go on. And then that person who says a bit of uh, criticism towards the military authority at that time because they were in power, then that person would be taken in and torture and things like that. So nobody wants, wanted to go back to that place. So with this vice president, uh, the people have a bit of hope because the other day, I think on Saturday, he issued a statement saying, uh, you know, not to back down. And also people, because these people, to try to keep, uh, the peaceful demonstration because they were expecting UN to come in with R2B, you know, rights to protection. They were really expecting it and it's been going on and now they are losing hope. And they thought US would come and help. And of course, we all know from outside things could not happen like that. But for them, it's like pulling on a straw some hope that some people would come for intervention and all. That would not happen. So with this uh, vice president's uh, statement that came out, they have a sense of, what shall I say, uh, because he came out to, in that statement saying the people have a right to defend themselves because the military coup was illegal and they are illegal government. And when they, they are killing off lots of citizens like that, people have a right to defend themselves. So that's what some of them are doing. They are keeping swords like, you know, long knives and all that. They are starting to do it. But like yesterday in Tlaintaya, where they said three Chinese-owned factories were burned down, it's not a protester. It's the military, their uh, uh, thugs who torch the factory. They're trying to create a situation and for the Chinese to come and help them openly like that. So in the country itself, the, the people are hating Chinese so much because, you know, Burma is going to become like a province of China if this go on. And I want to ask you a little bit about that in a second. But you mentioned there, of course, you know, people's hope for some form of intervention, perhaps from the United Nations. And I guess as any students of history know, there have been, of course, cases in which the UN or other other countries have certainly 
intervened, but it's usually not for purely uh, human rights uh, reasons. Uh, the, I guess you know the special envoy for Myanmar from the United Nations has condemned what she termed the ongoing brutality, but there has been, I, I think it would be fair to say there's been uh, pretty much complete silence from much of the international community with the exception of, of a few countries. And here in Australia, you know, the, given that uh, Burma is one of our closest neighbours, there's been almost complete silence from our federal government and certainly a total lack of action in regard to uh, supporting the people of Burma who are are facing severe repression. What what are your thoughts on, I guess, the response so far since we last spoke in regard to the, I guess, the response from the international community? The UN lady, she, she had so much sympathy for what's going on. Of course, she could not convince others to do that. And within Burma, you know, there had been comics uh, because these young people are so good with coming out with their uh, comics and, you know, cartoons and all that. And they were saying, oh, UN and U.S., you know, especially UN, maybe we, me generation said, we need to go and maybe rescue UN because UN could not do anything. You know, UN's helpless like that. But uh, jokes aside, the international community, of course, uh, some Western countries, EU, England, Australia, to a certain extent, condemn the situation. But uh, the military people there, since what, uh, 1990s, they would be laughing. Who cares about, for the, among themselves, they would say, who cares about this condemnation? Because they are self-sufficient. They have raped the country. They are very well off. And they know that, that China China is backing on them because we have a long pipeline that went through the whole of halfway through the Burma to, to get to the uh, Andaman uh, yeah, Indian Ocean, for them to get it. And all these things, you know, they have so much economic interest in Burma. And there are so many Chinese already in Burma. It's just like their colony. And we don't want that. There's a drive for boycotting Chinese goods and all that happening. But uh, coming back to condemnation, for us living in Australia... We feel very safe. So from here, whatever we could do to help people back there, we are doing it. But I must say we are extremely disappointed with our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. He hasn't done anything to help the situation in Burma. He should show some leadership and then, you know, but of course people say he has other problems and all that. So... It's not effective at all. And Singapore, Singapore had a lot of interest with the military thugs uh, who had, you know, businesses and all that uh, uh, factories and also their bank accounts and all that, uh, you know, joint ventures. So they are not doing anything except talk. And of course, other countries as well. And Even last night, I was thinking maybe India should wake up to it because if China China has come totally into Burma, that would be a problem for them. And maybe they should think of coming and helping out 
just like in World War II, when uh, General Aung San has to go to Japan to help to get independence from British. But then when the Japanese soldiers were really bad, General Aung San has to call back the British troops to get rid of the Japanese. So here too, if India could come in, that might be good too. Yeah, because for UN and US, uh, it's a hopeless situation. Yeah. Just finally, can you, in, in terms of, I guess, what people might be able to do, I guess, as you said before, it, it's it's quite difficult given how relatively comfortable Australians are. But as you also said, uh, given how little action and condemnation there has been from Scott Morrison and our federal government, at the very least, it would seem uh, impertinent that Australians apply pressure to our government to actually come out in, uh, you know, in support of the Burmese people. But what practically can people do here in Perth and in Australia and to offer their support and solidarity to the people of Burma in these horrible times? Uh, what's happening right now is within, the, shall I say, Perth or Western Australia, the people from uh, formerly from Burma, we've been collecting money and supporting people back home for who are going through CDM, that civil disobedience movement. And uh, now, especially since yesterday, it's getting harder to send money across. Uh, and also the Australian uh, government is pussyfooting around, I, I have to say, because here we have, even though they put on sanctions for top military brass not to come in and also for the travel restriction and all, a lot of us knew that there are children of these top military, military brass who came in with a different papers and who have studied in uh, institutions here and some of them stay on getting their uh, permanent residence status and there were, even in Perth there were several people like they are very close relatives here living and they they sometimes openly mocked the situation back in Burma, and how could people uh, demonstrate and all that, and they should expect that. And when somebody died, they are mourning and all that. So that's very infuriating. And what does the government do? Do they know that they're being tricked to have these people around? Because uh, for these top military brass and their families, they could falsify documents and come in, and all that. And when they found out, it's like that, would it take any action? We would want the government, either state government or federal government, to take real action, to do something concrete, get the leadership role in the, you know, Pacific region, or they would talk with ASEAN people, or to get something done, because it's not a time to uh, watch and wait and wait and watch whatever the the program they have. You know, the time is over. It's going to be massacres upon mass- massacres happening today now from today onward. Yeah.